Hello, my name is Hannah Gumbra Ward and I'm a solicitor in the family team at Winkworth Sherwood. Now, my team advises on issues that arise upon separation or divorce, um, including in relation to financial matters and regarding arrangements for children. And we also advise on prenups and legal and financial planning at the start of a committed relationship or marriage. Today, I'm going to be talking about what happens to your pet when your human relationship breaks down. Now, I think it's fair to say that England is a nation of pet lovers and only even more so since the pandemic, with people spending more and more time at home and wishing to seek the comfort of man's proverbial best friend. In fact, it was reported in the news just a few weeks ago that a total of 3.2 million UK households have acquired a pet since the start of the pandemic, which means that the UK now has more than 17 million pet owning households. Now, pets have often been a feature of the news over the pandemic, with a lot of coverage on the lockdown pet boom and subsequent price rises, and very sadly thefts, um, as well as the pet food shortage that replaced the infamous pasta shortage um, that supermarkets experienced this time last year. Now, people do care really deeply for their pets, which makes things very messy in the context of a divorce or separation. And my team seen firsthand that disputes about pets can often lead to increased legal costs as their human pet parents fight over who will get to keep them. So what does the law say about pet ownership when you separate? Well, under English and Welsh law, a pet is classed as property. Therefore, who gets to keep it may simply come down to ownership, which means whose money was used to fund the purchase in the first place. Now, who's financially maintained the pet by paying for things like vet's bills, pet insurance, or everyday expenses like food may also be determinative where there is a dispute about ownership. So actually, although we do consider ourselves as a nation of pet lovers, that's not really reflected in the rather black and white way pets are considered by a legal system. I can imagine a lot of listeners will be really surprised that pets are treated as property in this sort of clinical, almost heartless way. And it's something that surprises a lot of our clients as well, where there's often an assumption that a pet might be given a higher status with um, than the other matrimonial assets or would be treated uh, as akin to a child. So can you get custody of your pet in the event of a divorce between its human parents? Now, this is a slightly misleading question because although there has been a lot of media coverage of celebrity pet custody battles in recent years, so think Amber Heard and Jenny Depp and their dogs Pistol and Boo, or Ant and Lisa McPartland's Chocolate Lab Hurley, it's important to note that pets will only be dealt with as property by the courts. Now that means that no matter how much you consider your pet is like your child, unfortunately, its welfare needs are unlikely to be taken into consideration. And there's no court ordered pet equivalent of a child arrangements order. And that's just the English version of the child custody agreement. So can the courts make a decision about who keeps your pet? Well, practically speaking, where a couple are divorcing and they can't reach an agreement about their pet, it will be dealt with alongside their wider financial settlement. Um, and that's because the pet is just considered as another asset in the matrimonial pot that needs to be divided up. Although it does have to be said that if a couple can't reach an agreement between themselves, and if one of them were to raise it as an issue in court, it's likely the judge will take a very dim view of it. So if separated pet parents really can't agree about who should retain ownership of their pet, the court might even order that it's sold and the proceeds are divided between them. Needs can be a contributing factor and um, if one party is claiming they don't have enough income to meet their own needs and they're asking their ex to pay some form of maintenance, the court's likely to question whether they can really afford to keep the pet at all. 
For cohabiting couples who don't have the same legal protections as their married counterparts, while their pet will still be treated as property, the situation is going to be slightly different because there will be no wider financial agreement that's being dealt with. So do you think the court should continue to treat pet ownership in this way? Well, for many people, their pets are another member of their family and they have an incredibly important status within it. So I do think this is an issue that will start cropping up more and more. To not consider the welfare of the pet when making decisions about its ownership or the mental health of the left behind pet parent can lead to traumatic outcomes for both pet and person. For this reason, there's a feeling among some that England might be somewhat behind the times. In Alaska, the law in this area is far more progressive and since 2017, divorce court judges have had to consider the well-being of pets when making decisions about them in proceedings. So how many separating or divorcing couples are affected by this issue? Well, research undertaken by a pet insurance provider in 2019 found that 25% of divorce cases between 2018 and 19 involved issues around the family pet. With pet ownership having skyrocketed during the pandemic, it's only logical to assume that pet issues are going to become more prevalent within divorce and financial proceedings. Now that same research found that 88% of people would prioritise their pet over access to their excess pension funds. And that's a hugely significant figure when you consider that they're potentially giving up long-term financial security. So looking at how people's priorities are aligned, perhaps it's time to revisit the legal status of pets. So what are your options if you and your partner are splitting? Well, it's largely going to depend on your specific circumstances. So for example, is it a really acrimonious split or are you on good terms? Does one of you intend to remain living locally to the other? For example, if you have children, um, does one of you have a job where realistically and logically you can't keep the pet full time because you travel a lot for work or have long days in the office, pandemic aside? Um, and those are just some of the questions you're going to need to ask yourself. And no matter how much you really love your pet, if it's simply not going to be practical for them to remain living with you on a full-time basis, you do need to think seriously about what's fair on them. Now, some people do share care of their pets, um, as with Ant and Lisa McPartlin, who reportedly have an arrangement where they alternate with um, who Harley will live with on a weekly basis. And for couples whose split wasn't acrimonious or who can perhaps afford a third party to shuffle the pet between its two parents, this sort of arrangement may well work. But for others, particularly those who are in a toxic relationship or who just live far away from one another, this isn't going to be a healthy or practical solution. So what if you do want to have a bit more certainty? Well, the best thing to do to provide clarity and certainty about what your pet's future would look like in the event that you divorce or separate would be to look at entering into a pet nap. Now, the same research I referred to earlier found that there's been a 24% increase in the number of requests family lawyers are receiving to draw up pet nuts for their animal-loving clients. And it's not just lawyers who would encourage couples to give as much thought to the protection of their pets as they would to their other assets. The charity Blue Cross has actually created a downloadable pet nup to help couples plan for their pets' futures and hopefully prevent the number of pets given to rehoming centres following relationship breakdowns. Um, and that was estimated to be around four a week in 2020. So what's a pet nut? Well, like their namesake prenuptial agreements, the aim of these agreements is to provide the parties with certainty and to make the process of splitting up a less costly experience. And that's both financially and emotionally. Now, pet nut can cover all manner of things um, about the pet, including perhaps most importantly, who would live with it should its human separate. 
For those who would find the heartache of parting with their pet on the breakdown of their relationship just too much to bear, a pet nut might provide them with the peace of mind that they need. Now, I hope this video has given you some food for thought, especially if you belong to the one of the 3.2 million households who's invested in a pet during the last 12 months. If you do have any queries on this topic or any other family law issue, please do feel free to get in touch. Thank you very much for listening.